I can't compete with you physically, and you're no match for my brains. Yeah, that's smart. Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes, morons. Hello. Hi. I'm not the Hi. I'm the guest. Hello there. You're supposed to start. Oh, 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 okay, oh, oh. that's what we're doing. <laughs> oh, wait, we didn't even start the podcast. <laughs> figured right. that one out. Or did we? Oh, uh, welcome to Good Deliberation. I'm your co-host, Nathan. This is a mess. I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Ben. It's... I'm not... Ben is our special guest for this week. Yes. He's a good friend of mine. Am I? I have uh, no clue he's... who he is. <laughs> I'm a stranger. He's he at... Would you, would you like to give them your, your Twitter handle, Ben, or would you not? I would. My Twitter handle is at CatholicRad, no spaces, capital C, capital R. Um, Wait, which C? <laughs> the second one. I'm Catholic, of course. Actually, no, that's okay, so... Um, <laughs> Got to be hip to keep up with everybody. Right. Um, right. Right. Of course. I'm giving you a follow. You, Wait, do I already you don't follow even you? follow. <laughs> I swear I followed oh. you before. I thought I followed. Oh, that's what you've come up in my mention or like my requested follow people. And I didn't know who you were, so I didn't follow you. <laughs> this is awkward. I'm speechless. Oh man. I might right. follow you on my well, own, we'll but not on my person. We might just have to have to ditch the topic and, and have you guys duke this out. Me, yeah. My Twitter Fight is night. not worth looking at either way, so uh, don't bother. Hey, Sam, I'm don't a, worry about I'm going to block you can't so afford. you can't follow me, actually. I just followed you, so if you try, <laughs> I mean, I'll be more offended than before. Um, yeah, but... Uh, I am offended that Dolan is one of the people in your... Avatar. I think that's Dolan. Is that Dolan? That's Dolan. I have no, yeah, I I have no relation not, or devotion that's to why him. I unfo- that's why I didn't follow you. I know he's not canonized yet, but maybe. <laughs> no, that's what I know that's... Dolan is why I didn't follow you. I know you. that Dolan's not canonized yet, but <laughs> he's... I figured I would go for it. <laughs> Are you... Go for the laughing Dolan profile. That's the thing. reason why I picked it. I typed in Catholic... Yeah laughter or something along those lines and that's what came up and yeah. that's what stuck okay well, I yeah. have to re I have to unfollow I think it's good. now uh, my name is every Sorry. now and Ben on Twitter um, that's pretty dumb I'm not gonna lie yeah give I him like a f- <laughs> I'm a fan give him a follow unless you're from the diocese of Peoria in which case please don't follow him listen hot take <laughs> Your hot take is If Kairos and Crips um, all got along, not, it'd probably cut me down before the end not of the song. I don't think. Okay. I don't think Bishop Sheen ever existed. <laughs> it was just a ruse by the U.S. government. <laughs> <laughs> it's fake news. If Fulton's it, wait, 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 wait. If Dolan's and Sheen's all got along, they'd probably bless me down before the end of this song. <laughs> Nathan, this is a Christian yeah. podcast. Why are you the way you are? Kendrick Lamar is Christian? I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about the profanity. Okay? 
Oh, oh, of course, of course. And I don't want to swear at you right now. Okay, no, it's fine. Don't question me on this on this Fulton Sheen never existed thing. It's why you're having okay. me on. Remember. <laughs> the real reason. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, censor out the yaks. On what? The what? <laughs> the yak, 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 yak. No. Wait, did that happen? <laughs> what are you even no. talking about? No. No. Uh... <laughs> My joke is has fallen on deaf ears. No, I, I know, know, I know what you mean, but censor out the yaks. I'm so lost. I tried being funny. Banter's derailed. Oh, it's okay, guys. Don't don't laugh at me. Actually, laugh at me. Just don't laugh with me. Okay, I can do that. Okay, good, good. I'm going <laughs> okay. on the same page. Sweet. Okay. So anyway, Ben this week is our guest. We're actually going to be revisiting the topic of poverty, like we were kind of dancing around it last week. Um, so we got like questions out there, but not a lot of answers. Yeah. But Ben, Ben got in contact with me. I did. And he he did, and had some things to say, and so hopefully he's gonna share some of that with us, some of that profound insight that he he's known for. Um. You'll have to give me a minute, because this this okay. conversation happened over uh, over iMessage, as many of our conversations do. As they as we they go way do, back, as they are wont to do. Um, yes. Yeah. Wow. I concur. So I had I had some uh, problems with you guys earlier or last last week. Yeah. Okay. Um, We're always open to did. criticism. First off, just don't make it too hard. I'm fragile. Your podcast is is really, really good. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I'm gonna cry. Um, the deliberation he's, is is just on point. Um, he's sucking <laughs> up so he can actually criticize us in a couple of it's seconds. Good, you might say. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna look through the the texts I sent to Nathan. Um, okay. One of the first ones was about how. I think Nathan talked in the first three minutes about how easy it is to maul children. Um, <laughs> as you know, he is, a, he is a camp counselor. And then he asked, I, Haha, I am. did I do that? As yeah. if he didn't know what's in his heart. <laughs> Listen, all, I, all I was actually saying is that I you think can't it would defend take yourself. Two, two she-bears. I think it would take two she-bears. I know you have a collection of she-bears that's at least more than two. <laughs> <laughs> Who even has that many she-bears? <laughs> Rich guys with their own islands, maybe? That's where at least you got them? Nathan, what do you know about Ryan, property? You I have she-bears. I don't own a boat. True, you are a philosophy major. So that's how we're going to define, we're actually, to jump ahead, Ben, that's how we're going to define wealth in this podcast. You are rich if you own a boat. Oh. I don't own a boat. In multiple Get over yourself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but one thing I've, I've, I think that was really implied through much of the podcast, but I maybe don't think was spoken out directly, is almost this difference between value and wealth, sort of. Um, 
I know uh, we can we can easily say that uh, Christ himself was born into poverty and lived his entire life in poverty, mm. and we can mm. say that in that sense he in that sense he's not wealthy, but uh, we also can consider that he is God and is a member of the Trinity, and that in itself has infinite value. So it's it's mm-hmm. almost like a matter of what is wealth, what is value? Are there like different aspects of wealth? Um, this is more of kind of what I started to talk to Nathan about, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, my iPhone reset. Um, hold on. Oh, that's cool. uh, that's weird. Is there? Did you guys ever like define wealth um, in that conversation? No, I don't, I don't think. Oh, we this did. is weird. I, know, I don't think we did. I know we didn't, but I didn't know if you guys did. No. Okay. I, I think... Yeah, go ahead, Nathan. Oh, I think what we were in, indirectly doing in the last podcast was assuming that there was a distinction between a sort of spiritual wealth and material wealth. And... Um, prompting people to consider, like, the, the prompting was to consider how people value those things in relation to each other, because clearly they're both important, yeah. mm-hmm. but what's more important? Is it the spiritual wealth? Is it the material wealth? Um, that, I think that was the question we were kind of dancing around um, without really defining from the outright that there is actually a distinction in the kinds of wealth. Like, how are we defining wealth um, and maybe wealth is something different. Maybe it's like a, a, co- a combination of those two things as well as other factors. Like, can you be rich in in a circumstance? Like, you're, you're just, like, kind of fortuitous. Um, which is something Aristotle talks about, like, his in his... Um, when he's talking about the virtues in the Nicomachean Ethics, uh, like, the magnanimous man. To be, to be virtuous involves, like, a certain amount of fortune, like, fortune has to kind of favor you, like, you kind of have to have a good lot, so to speak. Things have to work out in your favor in order to achieve these great things that, like, the magnanimous or the, um, the magnificent person can do. Yeah. Or the, the virtuous person could do. To be happy, in part, at least for Aristotle, involves, um, a certain amount of fortune. So, is it, maybe it is, like, this conglomerate sort of definition where it involves all of these different aspects or elements. Yeah. Or you can distinguish them by each element. I think I think it's useful to do both in a way. Um, yeah. I mean, we can... We're all college students, I believe. Um, I actually heard this... I'm enough. actually 35. Are you really? I, I don't Whoa. know you. No. <laughs> Not <laughs> Um... <laughs> uh, but I, I heard it in a homily uh, not too long ago. It was the, I think it was in Luke or Matthew. It was the story of the uh, rich man who comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I follow these commandments since my youth, and what more must I do? And he says, you must give all you have to the poor and then come follow me. And and uh, it's obviously a real challenge Um and what the homily was about was how, as college students, by virtue of <clears throat> an expensive education, 
we have within us this this intellectual wealth, which only can come from a sort of material wealth. And yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. he he almost said it. He almost uh, compared it to like an ingrained sense of wealth now that just exists within us that we have this. Um, and that's not to say that we uh, we exactly can reject it. I mean, we can't uh, take a brick and hit ourselves over the head and to to in a way like dissipate our expensive education so we can give our wealth away. But um, yeah. I think almost in a more profound sense, it's um, <clears throat> uh, Christ says to give it to the poor in a way. And so how how are we to go about doing that? It would be to to serve the poor in the things we do whether it be intellectually poor like somebody who has not had the same opportunity for an education or if our work need be in service of the poor keeping them in mind as we go about our job Um, there's a lot of I think interesting aspects to explore in terms of that Yeah, and I actually I, I just had a thought as you as you said that that um like you have so you have to be wealthy in a sense in order to give your wealth like in order to give wealth away to the poor you have to be wealthy mm-hmm. to some extent mm-hmm. you have to possess first and so how does the rich man the the materially rich person um give to share that wealth with the poor well they get they give materially like they donate money mm-hmm. how does the intellectually wealthy person give to the intellectually poor person i think it's through teaching um and uh, like in an educative sense like um i think about this in, in terms of my own education as i've studied philosophy more uh i've been more and more attracted to teaching like returning the gift that I've received from my professors and my teachers yeah. to people who I know need it. Like, they, they, they have this similar sort of poverty. Yeah. In the sense that there, there's, a, there's like a deprivation or a lack there that they're not receiving. So there, there is a poverty there, and it, it can only be filled if someone's willing to give of their surplus, of their wealth to them. Yeah. I think that's where it almost begins to tie in to uh, these different aspects of wealth, in a way. Um, When you think of it as sort of a value, almost that inherent value, um, we can split the soul into parts with quotation marks around them, which you can't see. Um, Like the intellect and the will. Um, Imagine, you can almost imagine someone who's intellectually wealthy like they're extremely smart, for example, but in terms yeah. of their will, they could almost have poverty of will. Whereas, either they don't want to share it, or they don't love, or they don't they don't see what what good can come from that intellect. And in a similar yeah. way, you can look at physical wealth too. Like you can think of your health as sort of wealth. There's like the saying that like 
if you don't have your health, then what good is any or any possessions? Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's then there's the wealth which we like know and talk about every day, which is money and possessions. Right. And in, ter- in terms of <laughs> okay, so they can't see it, but yeah. <laughs> He's making it rain. Oh. As I do. So, oh, you Never. guys can't see me right now because I'm looking at my text. Um, so this is this is where uh, something I was reading came came into play. I, I I just recalled it, and it goes back to Nathan's original question, which I swear I'm going to get to eventually. Um, <laughs> his his question ultimately uh, on Twitter was, oh wait. We have the results for that now too, I believe. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. We do. Shall I uh, share them? Yes, uh, please do. Please do. All right. I'll actually go as well and check. Real it out. quick, like here. I'll preemptively break the Twitter fast, and I'll come and check it out as well. There it is. I see it. All right. Who is more poor? The person who has some education, no money, or money? but no education. Uh, 27 people voted. 74% of people... 74% of people said that they thought that the person who has money but no education was more poor. So, that means in this very small sample size, people valued education over material wealth um, over twice as much. That being said, it wasn't, like, super specific. I could have maybe tried polarizing the options a little more, like, by saying some, like, a little education and no money, and saying Mm. a lot of money but no education, just to bring them to even further extremes, um, to really stretch how people thought about it. Um, and overall, I think the view, um, is, uh, is pretty indicative of this sense we have that education is of much greater value than money, even even with the recognition that education so often has to come as a result of money. Um, so this is kind of where uh, yeah, <clears throat> I voted for money but no education. Um, actually, wait, did I? Yeah, who's more? Who's more poor? Yes, money, but no education. Um, so I was, I was reading from an early Dominican named Humbert of Romans, who um, answered when talking about the goodness of preaching uh, that the spiritual works of mercy are higher than the corporal um, when speaking about their respective merits. And he uses uh, the example of Christ himself in Luke. Um, So I'm just going to quote the scripture. And to another he said, follow me. But he replied, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, let the dead bury their dead. But you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So there you can see that Christ lays down the law in a sense. Um, We call burying the dead an absolute corporal work of mercy. Like, this is a very good thing, but ultimately it still is a material thing. And the spiritual is always higher than the material, where 
here instructing the ignorant or preaching or proclaiming the work or proclaiming the kingdom of God is then higher in the eyes of Christ than is burying the dead um, <clears throat> yeah. I think that's extremely interesting um, because so much I think of, of theology today especially like libera liberation theology and um, prefer preferential option for the poor which is legitimate um, focuses on, on um, focuses mm -hmm. on the corporal works of mercy um, so it almost seems people get so focused in on it that it seems to cause this sort of tension between between the two that if you if if you start to value one over the other one which is like can appear more contemplative in nature and it can make someone seem like they're not doing anything if you value that it makes it seem like you're not doing anything yeah and just to clarify case. my my reactionary uh was on that not on the theology as a whole I just have the issue of the tension and the fact that <laughs> there doesn't seem to be um, the understanding that the, the in-between is what is correct and not far to the... I mean, there is the far to the extreme of, like, you know, the yeah. religious contemplative life, but in reality, you know, we're not just supposed to worry about the poor. Well, you do that, I mean, like, on a physical level, you're supposed to do that, but you're supposed to also be praying for them as well as for the, like, the benefit of others yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. well, I think, I think, uh, I think... Nathan's frozen again, too, Go ahead, so ben. this is fine. <laughs> I think... Um, let me ask, continue, Ben. Uh, let, me, let me think of how I wanted to say this. Um, I think from this distinction, you almost get... You almost hear it occasionally. Not really from Christians, but from people outside of the church who look into the church and uh, say things like, sell the Vatican and sell these works of art to feed the poor. And it almost, I think, represents uh, what the church isn't here for in a way. The church isn't here only to serve those material needs. While it is a very important part of it, I would say it's crucial the church's ultimate goal is to get people to yeah. heaven as this great this great mm -hmm. as the body of Christ itself <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah and I think that what you're saying speaks to like why the church doesn't sell all of its great art and architecture it's because it's like spiritually uplifting this is really valuable for people to people yeah. to have in a church. Mm -hmm. And if you get people to the point where they're able to go to a beautiful church, if they're able to not only have the, the material betterment and material wealth to do this stuff, but also the spiritual and educational wealth to understand it, if you don't have that beauty, what you've taken the stepping stone and made, made it the end goal. Yeah. You know? You have to have that. 
you, I guess to use the 1950s like, example, you have to have the Land of Oz at the end of the, the Yellow Brick Road. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it reminds yeah. me of uh, um, that idea of, like, the... Uh, I once heard of the idea that the reason why churches are so beautiful is that so the poor are able to go into them and experience beauty for no cost and have their minds uplifted and as a result be spiritually wealthy in that regard um, and it reminds it almost makes me think of this distinction that has to exist between intellectual it, but it, to go back to earlier in the podcast uh, the intellectual wealth and then the the uh, wealth of the will in a way um, Augustine um in uh, his confessions laments that or he doesn't exactly lament uh, because I'm sure he's happy about it uh, <laughs> he would look and see the uneducated people just going headlong into Catholicism trusting in God and trusting in this thing that they weren't sure about but with a faith with a great great faith knew was true and in the meanwhile all of the intellectuals of which he was a member were hesitating and losing out on the church, on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you you get this metaphor that while the uh, elderly woman who's in the pews saying the rosary to herself might not know as much theology as the priest behind the altar, you know that she intimately knows God and has a relationship with him. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think that that's from yeah. Aquinas, right? Where he says that like the old woman in the pews lo- loves God more than the like better than you know the theologian does. Yeah. yeah. Something to that effect. It's powerful because it, it's humbling. It's humbling to Yeah the intellectual community which uh, it's very easy to be it's very easy to be proud of an education I, at least I've seen so um, mm-hmm. I know yeah. everybody I talk yeah. to from home actually not everybody certainly not everybody many of whom I talk to at home whenever they hear that I am taking chemical engineering they always go like oh oh man that's good for you like you can do that then you're you're set or <laughs> something along those lines yeah. like and it's hard not to take that and say like oh yeah look at me I'm I'm a I'm doing this all on my own and it's it's all me yeah. and when when that's a, I'm, I'm trying to I'm losing it a little bit but uh yeah, I, Do you get okay. the idea? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's definitely. I mean, yeah, I, we yeah. have the same sort of issue, I guess. And this is more common um, than you'd think, I guess, among seminarians. Which I don't mean to bash seminarians, and I don't. I hope this doesn't do that because I, I was, you know, one of them for you. But it's why I loved our rectors because the like, kind of the the stigma around seminary and people discerning priesthood nowadays tends to be this whole good job you've won kind of a, a mentality that people have. Mm. 
especially like the older like mm-hmm. the old lady in the pew kind of does that you know where you'll say I'm going to seminary and she'll come up and she'll like pinch your cheeks and <laughs> like show you off to the priest and 50 other things but the first thing our rector did, like, we had all the, maybe, eight or not, no, probably 12 or so new seminarians that were there last year, and he sat down in the conference room, and before any of the, like, introduction stuff, before the rules, before the the prayer schedule, the first thing he says is, none of you are special because you're going here. <laughs> it was oh, the first no. thing, he goes, your disciples, <laughs> none of you are special. And, like, at the time, it was kind of like this... I mean, you know it going in that you're not special because you're a little old to you, but it's kind of like a shock to the chest. But then you, you, you realize you need that <laughs> when you go home because you have people going and doing all these crazy yeah. stuff that you don't deserve. Like I had people coming in, like I'm sitting here doing just the same things I was doing before, although trying harder to you know not do them because God willing I was going to be serving as people one day but like you're trying those stuff but you're still kind of you're the exact same person you just have a title in front of your name and they treated you so different and it yeah yeah, yeah. it calls to mind I've been reading um, The Power and the Glory by Graham Greene I haven't finished it yet it's been a long slow read but for me just because I've been so busy but um, there, it's it's about this this Mexican priest and when bef- before priesthood is, is like outlawed um, in that certain portion of, of the country, and so um, he thinks back to when he was when he was a priest, like with a parish, um, and he thinks about how how well he had it, and it was kind of this extravagant, um, definitely by comparison, it, w- it was really extravagant, and he really kind of reveled in in the praise he got and like the honor he got from being a priest contrasted to you know when the book takes place when he's like on the run from the police because if he gets caught they're going to execute him for being a priest who wouldn't wow. conform to the law so it's yeah it, it it's that affirmation or it's 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 an affirmation of what you're saying Ben that and and Ryan that like this particular status doesn't make person better than than other people um, and I this is something I need to think about too as a philosophy major because it's so easy for me to think that oh I'm studying philosophy and I am smarter and better than the people around me and that's just not the case um, knowledge and understanding are not a requirement for salvation <laughs> as frustrating as it can be <laughs> that some people don't seem to have those things. A.K.A. us. Nathan, how does it make you feel that I'm in chemical engineering and I'm wiser than you and and I love wisdom more than you do? (laughs) You You know what, Ben? If telling yourself that makes you feel good I'll let you I'll, I'll let you believe Nathan, that then you that don't be love noble me because obviously you. it's not good for me <laughs> you're allowing me to do this only on the condition that it feels good <laughs> I just don't want to upset you I don't you want know to what? disappoint you man <laughs> I have more to say to Nathan <laughs> what? 
earlier before we started recording this. Okay. He was eating a very large brownie with milk. <laughs> and I asked him, I looked him in the eye through the video camera, and I asked him, do you even know what liturgical season it is? <laughs> Why didn't he do that on Saturday when we were celebrating the Annunciation when it would have been appropriate to eat a brownie and honor Our Lady in doing so? And yet here he is on a Monday. <laughs> Nathan, this is why I'm better than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you fast from the most uh the most vicious indulgence exactly. of all <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> There's no comparison. <laughs> you don't give up chocolate for Lent. You're you've you've given up something inferior. Chocolate is at the height. <laughs> See, what I give up for chocolate for Lent. Being on podcasts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some bad news for you, Ben. I am. <laughs> I am Pope Francis, whereas you are a mere Joel Osteen in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I am Saint Paul. Well, you. <laughs> I don't know who you are, actually, in really... I don't know who's less than St. Paul. A lot of people, but... If Joel Osteen listens to this podcast, I'll be happy and surprised. Hopefully he'll learn something about theology. I wonder what Joel Osteen does in his free time. He's probably spend the money that he gets from his megachurch. <laughs> I think... No, like, I, I think what Ryan... Like, I want to know. I think what Ryan like, said what, was what pretty close. do... That smile is so creepy. What is he spending the money on? That oh, smile, smile is so creepy. It like pierces your soul. <laughs> and he's on Not the cover God. of all his books. That... Forget those impossible to open plastic containers. <laughs> Silly Ben, you can't get a picture of God. I mean... We call Jesus the, the image Jesus of... Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. The Eucharist. Can't get a picture of you, Nathan. You lose again. <laughs> but seriously though, forget those like <laughs> stupid, hard to open plastic containers that like earbuds come in and stuff. My hell is books like with Joel Osteen's face on the front of them. That is my hell. Just smiling at me. <laughs> Just that. Asking oh, me to prove him wrong. The great heresy of our generation. Joel Osteen. I want to formally propose an episode where all we do is take one of Joel Osteen's sermons and just roast. That's not to say that there's not good things. No, there's there's an aspect of yeah, truth that's in true. every religion. The Benedictine, the Benedictine spirit, uh, seek truth wherever it is found, or wherever it may be found, something like that. Okay, so we'll take... We'll quote the scripture from his talks, and that'll be the truth that we find. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a religion that's entirely wrong. 
like you find truth in another religion or wherever and you just say no not today a seminarian for my um who go who is at my school once we were talking about something like this where he we, he was acknowledging the fact that like oh yeah like we're very benedictine like we want to seek the truth wherever wherever it may be found but then when it comes to like biblical fundamentalism we all just assume that, like no there's nothing here like there's nothing there's we can't find anything we here tried, guys <laughs> there's nothing I'm to tell us <laughs> it's just not good oh, sorry um, i I think he was a little more charitable Sorry, than that, Sorry, I though. sent us all back to the banter phase. <laughs> no. Oh, no, that's fine. Banter in the... You know what? Banter in the middle this could the be very middle? refreshing. Hold on. I, I'm gonna go to the last, the last <laughs> I guess. piece of Joel Osteen's belief statement on his website. As okay. children of God, okay. we are overcomers and more than conquerors, and God intends for each of us to experience the abundant life he has in store for us. Which I'm... How is what he is defining God? life? I mean, run on sentence, but also that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm assuming he, given the fact that he owns a mega church, that or it doesn't owns a just mean afterlife. But I may be wrong, even though his entire gospel I is see. called the prosperity gospel. Or is he a slave? To his mm. mega church and mm. his possessions, is he truly free? Good question. I mean, there are a lot of people there. They could overtake him fairly easily. We're gonna overthrow him. Huge <laughs> <laughs> crowd. So, I want to segue back into the topic oh, yeah. from before, though. So, if we're talking about like prosperity, mm-hmm. and I guess this is like a thing in in certain, like especially in. <laughs> like for the prosperity gospel like Christ's elect are like people who have who are like well off in this life like in the earthly life um and like experiencing like material favor or like favor in that way is like a sign of God's favor to you over others so it's really this weird kind of really wrong like priority flip where God doesn't seem to be caring for the poor in the way that we expect him to just by reading the Bible Um, what is interesting though is that you do see that aspect sort of in the Old Testament Um, I think I think most about like the great That's true. things. That's true. It's always about how many people are in their service and how many cattle they have. Mm-hmm. And then I think yeah. then then yeah. Jesus comes and says that that's not what that's not where the true value is found. He flips things on its right. head a little. Yeah. 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 I, I do want to say, though, that prosperity itself isn't a bad thing, and I've got a good source to affirm that statement. Um, I just need to go grab it off my desk, so give me a okay. second, and I'll go grab it. You... Um, so, just remember, prosperity is a good thing, and I'm going to to try and um, 
it's not the goal, but it is a good thing. I'm gonna try and, and back okay. that up. It's a good and, um, while he's going, Ben, I invite you to take a look at the picture that I've attached, and that will also be the thumbnail for this episode's podcast. I'm looking at it. It's it's interesting. <laughs> is it not beautiful? I'm not he sure. I'm not sure what's going on. Is he falling? It's Joel or is he flying? flying over the skyline of Chicago. Why is that? But if he's falling, if he's falling, it's a different story. You can. No, his tie is going because you can he, tell he's, he's thinking. He's thinking right now. Either I'm falling and well, God will take care of me, he's... or I'm flying and God is taking care of me. It's a great. It's a great question. You guys decide. Send us DM us, tweet at us, and you'll let us know. Tweet at Good Deliberation Podcast. That's not a Twitter. We don't have a Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> the Crunch has that because it's the Crunch, I just... and they think they're cool by having. They have a website. They have a Facebook page. They have emails. Oh wow! Yeah, Patrick oh, went ham They have a but website. But no, yeah, you'll, you'll find out what we're taught. Listen, Ethan and Patrick, we don't own a boat. True. So we can't afford. You'll find out what we, what we were talking about though, Nathan, whenever <laughs> the episode comes out. Okay, so... Welcome back. I have returned, and I have a good... I have a strong... I think I have a strong okay. source in front of me. I've got Augustine. Find a way so to you know it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So, this is in his On the Free Choice okay. of the Will, book one. And remember my point is that prosperity yes. is a good thing. Um... Of course, there's an asterisk around that. Like, we don't want it to be the goal. Being prosperous or being rich is not the goal. We need to remember that it's in the service of other things, which Augustine affirms, but I think you might find it interesting to hear what he says, and I think it'll give us some insight into what, um, maybe what we should value or how we might value material wealth and intellectual wealth. How, how might we emphasize one or another under different circumstances. So, I'm just going to I'm just going to read it. So this is a dialogue and he's talk Augustine is talking to his friend Evodius and they're talking about uh, the distinction between the temporal law, so like the earthly law, human law, and eternal law, which is truth. Um, that from which temporal law derives. So, there's this wonderful paragraph here. This is Augustine speaking. Now when people, through desire, hold fast to things that can be called ours only for a time, do you not think that the temporal law describes that they possess them by right, namely, the right by which peace and human intercourse are preserved, to the extent they can be preserved in the case of these things? These things are as follows. 1. This body and what are called its goods, such as sound health, keen senses, strength, beauty, and whatever other goods there may be, some of which are necessary for good skills and should therefore be more highly valued, while others should be considered less valuable. 2. Freedom, which is genuine only if it belongs to happy people who adhere to the eternal law, but for now I am discussing the freedom by which people who have no human masters think of themselves as free, 
and which those who want to be set free by their human masters desire. 3. Parents, brothers, a spouse, children, neighbors, relatives, friends, and anyone else bound to us by some close relationship. 4. The state, which typically has the role of a parent. 5. Honors and praise and what is called celebrity. And finally, 6. Property, under which single name we classify everything we control by right and appear to have the power to sell or So those are only away. material things. Now, I don't know about all material things, all which Augustine is saying the temporal law should give to human beings by right. Like, they have a right wow. to all of these things. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and his reasoning, yeah, his reasoning, I believe, is to, in bringing about peace and prosperity to human beings, it helps them more easily fall in line with eternal law. These are the things that bring peace to human society and allow for more. Uh, it, um, it does. It does make a lot of, of sense. More of like in an intercourse. Um, because when you think of a society and its needs, when it's only when the base needs are met and all the material needs are met that a culture begins to flourish. Um, like, I, I won't be doing very much painting if I don't have any water to drink, and, yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, perhaps it can be seen, especially for some, like, for some, why socialism might appear so appealing to some people, because it seems to it seems to have this intention where it wants to provide some of these mm -hmm. material things. But by the same token, it seems to kind of go against... I mean, not that we should just go off of Augustine to determine such a thing, but um, it seems to go against like what he says about property and... and uh, perhaps it is... You know, it would, it would complicate other matters too. Like maybe beauty, it would be less accessible. Mm -hmm. Hard to say. Um, that being said, um, if Saint Augustine is affirming that everyone has a right to these things, there's probably some significance to it, and it's worth it's well worth your consideration. And so, to value those things, um, to, oh, no. to value those things is not a is not a bad thing. And I think mm -hmm. it helps it helps turn our our attention to the eternal things that we should value even more, those spiritual, that spiritual wealth that we strive mm -hmm. for, that is the goal, the real goal. Yeah. yeah. That's a good quote. Um. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. He does, I do want to, clar to, to clarify that the very next thing he says is that, he says, it is difficult and tedious to explain how the law distributes each of these things to those to whom <laughs> they are due. Okay. I guess we don't get to hear so, Augustine's version. So, of his I'll, leave that, I'll leave that to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's too long. Right. Um, <laughs> I think we'll leave that to... We'll leave that later. <laughs> it's, not, it's also not even, like, relevant to... He, he even says, right after what I just said, and plainly it is unnecessary for we the task We could have figured it out. Because <laughs> he said... We could have figured it out, Augustine. Why did you do this? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, um, I think there's really no better place to end it than on Augusta. Oh, yeah. No way. And we're running a little bit out of time. So, yeah. 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 Do you, would you like me to share that, rev- that review? How about yes. I read it? We don't have a fancy name for it, but yes. Oh yeah, Ben. Ben, why don't you why don't um, you share that, that review for items. us um, that we got no. on our podcast? Oh, read it. Oh, then you do I've it. I've got it up. I could read it. This is all you. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. I I will. Okay. So, first of all, let me start this one. This one review we got five us five stars. Let's go. We're good. Feeling pretty good about that. Five whole stars. Um, and said great deliberation as their uh, as their title for the review as their intro mm-hmm. point. Let me read it for you. This is a very enjoyable podcast, and I'm glad it was. I'm, I'm glad I was introduced to it. Keep up the deliberation and conversation. Hashtag better than the crunch. Hashtag more like. Hashtag the hunch. Let's go. I wonder who wrote it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It could have been anybody. Guy's, we praying for you. Follow Ben on Twitter at CatholicRad. You don't have follow to. Follow Nathan on Twitter. Unless you're in Peoria Diocese. Otherwise, follow him. I'll change it. I'll follow change Nathan. it tonight. <laughs> Anxious Catholic. And <laughs> maybe follow me at AMDG Hardy Heart with no E's, just H A. Um, yeah. Have a good night, guys. And God bless. Good night, everybody. Bye. See you later.